Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. I'm Tim Blevins, lead pastor, and I'm honored you have come to join us. To experience our full service or for more information, check out the links in the description. I hope this message ministers to you and helps you find life in Jesus. Everybody, lean on me. How about that? Or I lean on you. I love that. It's so happy. I love being happy. I wish I had a good voice to sing because I would sing that song right there all the time, but I don't. So I won't. And um, we'll let our worship team do that. Hey, I want to say good morning to everyone and welcome to our guest. Would you join me giving a good clap for our guests that are with us? We're so glad you came. Love for you, if you're a guest, to come back and, and join us. I would actually love for you to join our church body. We have a wonderful church. We get to worship. We have a great worship team. We can enjoy community together and just grow in our faith. Love for you to come back and be a part of what we're doing. Before I jump into a series called Lean On Me, I want to say again what Lachlan just said about our worship night this Friday night. And so I just want to put a little emphasis on it because it's going to be an amazing night of worship but it's also a time for us as a church to spend more time in worship than we can on Sunday. And so we tend to go deeper in the spirit on these times. And I want to invite you to come out and, and just join us as we go deeper. We're going to have a time where we pray for miracles. If you need a miracle, a breakthrough in your life, you need to be here for that. I'm going to give an opportunity for people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It'll be great. And so we just want you to come and be part of that this Friday. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. Awesome. So listen, we are going to begin a series called Lean on Me. It's a series that's going to talk about our church community and what it's, what's the significance of being part of a church community where we have people, a church to lean on and people can lean on us. And so we're going to jump into that. My sermon title today is that we are better together. We're better together. So let me ask a question. How many of you grew up as a child going to church, kind of just like you went to church a lot as a child? All right, some of you. All right, lots of you. Awesome. Uh, I grew up with, in a family and we went to church. We went to church a lot. I mean, we went a lot, a lot. Every week. Listen, we went Sunday morning, Sunday night. We went to Tuesday small group. We went to Wednesday night church. And then we went to Thursday youth group. I mean, we went to church. I mean, like we went like all the time. And, and you know, it was... It was good. I, I mean, you know, growing up, going to church, one of my first like memories of church, probably like maybe eight years old, somewhere in that range. But we were attending the first Methodist church of Waynesville, North Carolina, the first Methodist church. And, and you know, I don't remember much about the church service, but I do remember that they had this set of bushes that were on the outside of the sanctuary and the way they trimmed them, it made the most perfect fort you've ever seen. And when you're eight years old, you love a fort. And so my friends and I, we would play, you know, fort, whatever you do in a fort, you know, we would hide there. We would have a blast. And I remember sitting in, in the service a little bit and bored, you know, crazy bored. And, you know, I mean, the pastor, he was probably good. I don't know. I, I can't remember. I, he didn't tell jokes like your pastor does. So, but, um, so, but 
you know, I remember just seeing and thinking, man, I can't wait to get out of church so that I can go get in the fort and play. I mean, that was my whole first memory. I do remember though, the pastor, he led the church in, in a wrong theological direction. And, and so our, our family bounced out of there and we joined this little spirit filled church that was just getting started. And Dr. Frank Harvey uh, was the pastor there. And today he still is our, our pastor, our mentor, uh, friend. And, and I talked to him on the phone and just a great man of God. But Harry and I grew up in that church. I guess we attended there over 25 years in the church. And I, that, that church and that experience and, and this church here has had such an influential impact on my life. I would say outside of my parents and my relationship with my wife, our church has had the most influential and important impact on my life than anything else in the world. And so I, I don't know about, um, you know, as parents, you, you know, how you parent your children, but I remember there was a season I didn't want to go to church either, you know, like as a kid, you know, and you know, that happens. Kids are like, oh, I don't want to go. And at our house, I didn't have an option. You know, it was like, you're going to church. And, you know, you ever, parents, you ever said, as long as you live under our roof, you know, I got that a couple of times as well. So, but listen, I'm so glad though, it formed a habit in my life of attending church. And my church, it taught me how to follow and worship Jesus. I love that. I learned from my church how to, how to follow him. My church helped me stay strong when I felt like I was struggling in life. And everybody has struggles in life and we're, we're glad to have a church and people to lean on to pray for us and lift us. My church kept me grounded on the word of God, gave me a biblical worldview to see life through. I'm so grateful. My church that I grew up in taught me how to be filled with the Holy Spirit and I learned how to hear the Holy Spirit and walk by the Spirit and to, to be led by the Spirit. And I'm so grateful for that experience in my life. I, I love my church. I love my church here. When we were uh, having young children, Harriet and I, we, we had our children dedicated to the Lord at church. And it was so special to have that moment where where basically we, we said, you know, to the church, you know, pray for us as we raise our children to the glory of God that they may serve the Lord all the days of our life. And, and I accredit that this church helped us raise our children in a way that impacted their life to where they love God. The church is so special. The church is amazing. The church inspired me to to think of others rather than just myself all the time, to, to serve others in my life. The church helped me, you know, build long lasting friendships in my life. And, and, you know, in this church here today, there are people that, that, that I've known for years and, and you're going to be lifelong friends. I, I look at my brother Jim back there and uh, he's, he's my brother. Like, you know, we're, we're tight and then we've known each other for years and one day, I guess we're going to grow old and sit on a porch somewhere and, you know, talk about the good old days and drink lemonade. I don't know what we'll do, uh, Rackliff, but, you know, listen, I love the friendships that get built out of a church body. The church walked through difficult days. There have been people in our church body that, that are close to us. And when we've had, you know, our share of difficulties, there's a 
they're people that, that we can lean on and, and pray for us. And, and it's important to be part of a local church. Our church helped us to, to achieve and to reach more of our potential in our life. The church was a catalyst for my ministry and calling. And so when I think about the church, it, it's not for me just coming to this place and sit and, you know, and sing a few songs and, and you know, and, and hear a, a, you know, a message and walk out. It's like the whole body together is something special that God created in the church. And I believe the church is one of God's gifts to believers. The Bible says in Ephesians 2.19, it says, so now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. And so what it's saying is that in this text here that that the Gentiles who were non-Jewish people who are now grafted into God's kingdom because of Jesus Christ. They are part of God's family. And so you and I, because of Jesus, can become part of God's wonderful family. And that's why it says you, meaning you and I, are members of God's family. And so I think we could just say it like this, that God wants me, he wants me, he wants you to be part of his spiritual family. He wants us to be connected and to be part of a group of people that worship together and grow together and learn together and, and struggle together and, and, and we do it together. God doesn't want us to do our spiritual life alone. And so the Bible continues and it says in Ephesians 2.20, it says together. Maybe we can say that together. One, two, three. To, try it again. One, two, three. We are his house. Together, And when it's talking about the house, this is talking about the church today. Sometimes we call our church, we'll say, you know, like our church house. And the reason we say that is just because the scripture says that. And so we call it a, a church house. But together, we are a church body. We are a, a collective group of people that gather to worship and to grow. It goes on to say that it that the church is built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And it says the cornerstone of the church is Christ Jesus himself. He is the foundation of the church. And when I see that, I believe what it's teaching us is that, that if you want to build your life upon Jesus Christ... If he is the foundation of the church, the best way to build your life on Christ is to place yourself in the church where he is the foundation. Amen? Amen? Talk to me, church. Amen. We're better together. That's what the Bible's teaches. We're better. You are better together. Over the years as pastoring, and I'm I guess this is 18th year for us pastoring this church. And we've had so many opportunities to meet amazing people. And, and in the church, you know, God brings people in and at times he transplants people out. And, and, and it's a really healthy thing at times. I mean, probably most of you all transplanted from some other church here. And, and you know, and God does that. He calls people out and, and, and we're okay with that. Like, I mean, you know, we're not a cult. I mean, you know, you can leave, you know, none of you have to stay here. You, you come on your own free will. And so when people leave, we bless and we, you know, we are grateful for the season that God brings people into our church and, and we affirm that and all those things are great. But, but there are some times though that people 
they, they leave the church. It's not transplant. They're just, they're just leaving. They're just stepping out. They're in some way falling away from the church. And, and over the years, I've seen people step out of church and I watch their life. And over time, I begin to see the, 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 the you know, like the passion for God begin to fade some. I see marriages begin to crumble and, and this just tends to happen over and over and over. And, and I'll be honest with you, today I have a burden for those who are falling out of church. It burdens me to know that after COVID, almost 350 people from our church did not return. That's a, that's a burden to me. That... that like somewhere in the last you know, month, that began to rise to a level of attention in my life. And that, that we have got to equip people. Maybe somehow in, in the years past, you know, I'll, I'll take the responsibility as the, the shepherd of the house, that somehow maybe I didn't equip people to understand the value of a local church and how it blesses and builds and strengthens our life. And, and when COVID hit, there was a disconnect that happened and they just didn't have that in them to say, I'm just going to return right back. It wasn't there. And so when I see that, it, it burdens my life. And, and so I just decided that, that this has to stop now. I'm going to equip my church on what it means to be strong through tough times and to find a church that you can lean on that will help you through every, every cycle and season of life. So we're going to take... Sorry, Siri. Did you hear? She loves to talk to me up here. Here's, here's my, my thought, though, that for the next three weeks, I'm going to teach on the local church and leaning on one another because that's a place of strength for us to get through what is happening in world today. So for the next, we'll call it 20 minutes, we'll see. Um, I'm going to speak about the significance of the local church. Now, we're going to have a little experiment though. I need you to help me today. So uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read four verses of, of the text. Then I'm going to be quiet and let us together, because we're better together, read three verses. So I'll do four. I'll take the, the brunt of it, but you all got to read three. Uh, we'll see if we can read together. We've, I don't know that we've ever done this. So like this is a whole new experiment for us. So here we go. I'm going to read first. I'll tell you when to go. Hebrews chapter 10, 19 through 25. And by the way, if you have a Bible, put your little string in this section because we're going to be here for three weeks. Hebrews 10, 19 says, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened up for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great high priest, a great priest over the house of God, there's that term house of God again, that's the church. We have a great priest who is Jesus Christ. So Jesus is over the church, over the house of God. Verse 22, which is in context to the local church says, let us. In other words, it's saying, let the collective group of people come together. Let us together draw near to God with sincere heart, with full assurance that 
faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Are y'all ready? One, two, three, let's go. Let us hold... Hang on, time out, time out. Three of you are with me. All right, you got to read this like you mean it. We, we missed the experiment. Let's back up. We're new at this. It's okay. I understand. All right, let's, one, two, three. Let us. Well, amen. Y'all are great. <laughs> we gave it a shot. I appreciate it. <laughs> we're learning. We're learning. I love it. We'll, we'll probably try it again next week just for the fun of it. Oh, by the way, do y'all know why we had the coffee camper here today? Oh, no, no. The reason is, is we're studying Hebrews. You see that pastor... That Methodist pastor didn't know that back there. He didn't know you could tell jokes in church and they're funny. Even if you don't think it is, I think it's funny. The context that I'm preaching today is out of this section of scripture where it says to not forsake or do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. And it says, and all the more since the day is approaching, meaning in this context that the end of days are approaching, but for us, it's just any day that's difficult. We need to gather together and not forsake the, the gathering of the church. And so I want to begin with the foundation of the church because I want us to, to learn what, what the church is all about today. And the first thing for us today is the church is all about Jesus. It's all about him. The Bible says in Hebrews 10, 19, again, it says, we have a great high priest over the house of God. Now, what that's meaning is that before Jesus, the Jewish people, when they went to the temple to worship, they took their sacrifice and they gave it to the priest. The priest then on the people's behalf would make the sacrifice and minister that unto the Lord. And so the priest always was between God and the people. So the people were always distant from God. They didn't know him as a personal God. When Jesus came to earth, he died for our sins and he became the final sacrifice, giving us the ability to know the Father personally. That's why the Bible says in a brand new and living way has been opened up to us through Jesus Christ. And so Jesus died for our sins. He was the final sacrifice. We find total forgiveness through Jesus Christ. The Bible says in the book of John that, that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life, and no one comes to me or comes to the Father except through me. So church, all of our hope, all of our praise, all of our worship is in Jesus. Amen? Amen? Amen. So what makes a church 
a church then? What is a church? Is, it, is the church a building? No, the church isn't a building. Now listen, by the way, uh, we have a building that we're working on. In the next two weeks, I'm going to be able to give you some new great updates about that. So this is just a teaser. Um, but um, we have good things going on. We finished all the demo. It's going to be great. Listen, we want a building, but the church isn't a building. You can, you can have church in a gymnasium. You can gather together and be a church. So the church isn't a building. The church isn't about programs. Church isn't even about outreach. What makes a church a church is at the core is that we all confess Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. That is our bond and our unity as a church. We all say, yes, Jesus, it's all about you. Can I get an amen? amen. Can I get a better amen? amen? Thank you. Now, the church is all about Jesus. We all agree, because I heard you say amen. I heard you. And if it's all about Jesus, then the church is not about you and me. Would you agree with that? It's all about him. I heard you. I saw you. You said amen, which means you recognize then that it's not about me and it's not about you. The church isn't about what makes me and you happy. Now, I want you happy. I really do. I want to tell you a joke every now and then. And, and you know, I like it. I like laughter. and I, All that's fun. It's great. But listen, that's not what church is all about. It's all about Jesus. And it's not about what makes me happy. I'll give you a little example. Let's say I said to, to my bride, babe, I love you. And I really want to treat you to a special time. I'm going to take you to Buffalo Wild Wings and we're going to watch football for four hours. <laughs> That's not what she wants. That's what I want. <laughs> so she wants to treat me or I could take Eli to that and we would have a blast. But, but that's not what she wants. So, so what happens though is in church, we think the same way at times and we start bringing in this consumer mentality. And it's fair enough because we live in America, which teaches us to be consumers. We're, we're taught to, to shop and to to find bargains. I mean, you know, listen, we're in a crazy inflation time. You need to be shopping and looking and finding the best place and the best bargains. And you need to be a smart consumer. But sometimes we bring that into church and we start thinking to ourselves that, that this is about me in some way. And we got to flip the script on that. We got to, we got to see churches is all about Jesus. Now, most people, I'm not talking about you all. And by the way, this message really isn't for you. Y'all are here, so I'm talking about like coming to church and be part of church. And so listen, this is, you just take notes and give it to somebody that didn't come, all right? So, so y'all are, this, this, this no guilt message for you guys, you're great. But we have to flip the switch or flip the perspective when it comes to, to a self-centered you know, way of looking at church. So most people, not, not us, but most people approach church from a self-centered perspective, meaning they will say or think things like this. They'll say, well, will I like the worship today? Will I like it? Will they play the songs that I like today? Or some will say, well, uh, will the people make me feel welcome today? Uh, some will say something like um, maybe, well, will I rather, would I rather go to church or stay home and rest today. 
And if you hear all the perspective, it's about I and me and me and I and myself and me, me, me. And, and we, we tend to bring that thought into the church. And so what we have to do is, is to flip that around just a little bit. And so let me show you the other perspective that would really help us. Because when we have that perspective of self-centered, we come to wrong conclusions and wrong attitudes. So maybe it might sound more like this. Because we know this, that Jesus wants my worship. We know that. That's totally clear through scripture. Jesus wants my worship. Therefore, I will worship him regardless of the worship set. Like it's, it's not about what I like. It's what he wants. Listen, it's all his, right? If it's his, we do what he wants. And so he wants our worship. So I can worship to anything. Now I'm grateful our team does a great job, by the way. It really helps to worship. But even if they were a disaster one day, I'm still going to be God. It's still all about you. One day the power may go out. It's still all about you, God. I can worship you. We know that Jesus is others-centered. We know that. The Bible teaches us. So instead of coming to church with the mentality of, of you know, who's going to notice me and welcome me, we flip that and we go, you know what? I'm going to look for somebody that hasn't been noticed, and I'm going to be the one that helps other people. It's a total flip switch. And listen, everybody wants to be recognized at times, but listen, sometimes you just get missed in the crowd. Wear a brighter shirt for me. I'll try to find you. But if I miss you, I, it's not because I, I didn't want to say hello. It's just people are busy. But instead of coming in and going, well, I'm going to be offended today because no one looked at me. You come in and going, I'm going to find the person that's alone. I'm going to find the person that needs to be welcomed. That's the flip switch because it's not about me. It's about what Jesus wants. Rather than saying to myself, do I want to go to church today or do I want to go to the beach today? We know that the Bible said, do not give up meeting together. And if it said, don't give up meeting together, then, then that is the, the word of God for us. And so instead of making a decision, what am I going to do? Listen, don't, you don't have to get up on Sunday and go, what am I going to do today? You know, I'm going to not forsake the assembly. I'm going to gather with my church today. And so it's amazing what happens when we gather. It's amazing what happens when you come focused right. To be honest with you, you can come in focused on him and he'll lift you up. He'll strengthen. You'll never leave an encounter with Jesus when you're focused on him emptier. He'll fill you. The Bible actually says in James 4.10 that when you humble yourself before the Lord, he will lift you up. Listen, if you want to be lifted, put your focus on what Jesus wants in your life. So the first thing, church, that I want us to understand when it comes to being part of a church community is that the church is all about Jesus. Jesus is the head of the church. There's a scripture in Ephesians 1 that says that God placed all things under his feet. He appointed him to be head over the church. So Jesus is the head of the church. He's the foundation of the church. Basically, he's total, total church. Jesus is the cornerstone. Jesus, the Bible says, loves the church. He loves the church. It says in Ephesians that Jesus loved the church and he gave himself up for her. Jesus loves the church. The Bible teaches us that Jesus is building the church. The Bible says in Matthew 16, 18, that I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. Listen, the church, it's, it's, the church is all about Jesus. 
And you need to know that Jesus is all about the church. We're all about him and he's all about the church. And that's why I believe that the writer of Hebrews said, and by the way, uh, Hebrews is the only book in the New Testament that we don't know who the author is. And so the author said, do not give up meeting together. Don't lose the habit of, of coming together as a church. Don't give up. I, I love that thought. He says, don't give up meeting together. In other words, don't, don't quit. Don't stop. Keep, keep pressing on. Keep you know, determination that I'm going I'm to go to church. I'm going to be at church. And some of you, I, I'll tell you what, I respect you so much, especially you know, families with young children and and you're working so hard to get to church and there's things that are trying to stop you. Your kids are, you know, they didn't get ready on time and, you know, they, you, they get in the car and, you know, they have two wrong shoes on and, you know, you look in the little mirror and you've got two different earrings on and everything's trying, but you didn't give up. Some of you came in, you maybe you didn't look your 100% today, but you're here and I honor that and I think that makes you more beautiful than if you had both earrings on. Hopefully someone will love you enough that you can lean on them and they'll tell you too. That'd be great. But the point is, is don't give up. We, we, we determination, we're gonna press in, we're gonna keep showing up because that's what the Bible teaches us because that's what Jesus wants. So church, I believe that we are better together. I believe that's what the scripture teaches us. We're better together. The church is where we gather to worship and we're strengthened in our faith and we enjoy a big community of friends together. We discover our purpose and we serve together. It's just, and it's all that and so much more. When I was growing up, back to my growing up years, um, people attended church a lot and you know, I mentioned, you know, we attended on Sunday morning and Sunday night, Wednesday night, and we went through all of that. And most people attended church at that season three to four times a month. I mean, like, it was so common that we went to church every Sunday of the month. I mean, we didn't, we didn't miss. And that was, that was kind of standard for, for people that were believers. They just, that was just the, the deal. We went to church and maybe three to four, you know, weekends a month. But Maybe life was simpler then. I don't know. Maybe, you know, there just wasn't as much to distract us. And I don't know. I can't figure all that out. But I do know this, that there has been a nationwide drop in attendance of people going to church. So back in the 70s, 80s, 90s, up to 2000, it was common for people to attend three to four times a month. And then somewhere in the 2000, that slid to people attending church somewhere around two out of four times a month. And they felt equally as connected. They thought that's just, this is, this is our pattern. And this two out of four times. And, and personally, when I think about missing two weeks in a row, I, I feel like I've missed forever at church. You know, it seems like that. But, but that has been the common, you know, place for people about two out of four weekends. And then we had COVID and, and you know, so many people didn't come back at all. But even some show up maybe once a month now. And so like, it's just, it has totally changed the, the atmosphere of people's attendance. And the less we attend church, the more disconnected people feel. And when we feel disconnected, it, it's like, it's like we, we, we feel like there's um, this distance that begins to form and we lose the habit 
of coming back. And that's why the writer said, don't give up meeting together. I wish I'd taught this before COVID. Don't give up. Like, I know it's going to be crazy. We may have to wear a mask for a little bit, or we may have to social distance for a little bit. Don't give up. The church is worth it. We come to church. So don't give up meeting together as some are in the habit. I was thinking that's interesting when it talks about a habit. A habit. You know, when you miss a week or two or three, then that habit gets broken. Just, and there's just, because it, it is a, it's a good habit. You know, do y'all have good habits? Y'all, anybody having good habits in here? I have bad habits. They're easy to find. You know what? I have found that I can establish a bad habit in one day. I'm so good at that. Like, boom, I, I got it. You got any help? I, I, I set a new habit today. It's awesome. It's a bad one, but I, I did it. It's hard to establish a good habit. That's why people, when they, in January, everybody signs up to go to the gym. You know, the gyms are packed out in January. February, they're empty again. What? Bad habits. They pull you away. It's, it's easy to have bad habits. And I want to tell you that when you try to form a good habit of church, there's going to be forces that come against you to try to prevent you from forming that type of a habit. The enemy does not want you to form that good habit because that habit is what's going to strengthen you. And the Bible says that the gates of hell will not prevail over the church. And when you are planted in the church, you have extra power to overcome everything that comes in your life. And so the habit's going to be hard. So today you're going to hear this message and you're going to be thinking, do I need to change my habits? And, and of course, yes. But I want you to know it won't be easy. It might be a place of obedience to you. And to say, God, it's about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And this is what he wants for my life. Church, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. You don't have to. You can never go to church and and I'll see you in heaven. I won't even be mad at you. Like I'm not the sheriff of everybody going to church. It's it's not my job. Uh, I get burdened when people drop out. And when people do drop out, often they don't, feel the effects of that in the first weeks or or months even. Sometimes they don't feel the effect of that in the first year. But I can promise you this, that there's always a tipping point. When people get disconnected from what Jesus said for us to do, somewhere along the way, there's a a price for that. And, And I can't define it, but I know that it wouldn't have been written in the scriptures to not forget or not or to stop coming to the assembly of the church, to stop us in. It wouldn't be in there if there wasn't significance to it. And so as I close today, I, I think about the, the positive impact the church has had on my life. I think about the positive impact it's had on our marriage and, and strengthened our marriage. And I think about my children, our children, and, and that they grew up in church and, they're still in church and, and I'm so grateful there was a habit formed in them and, and somehow God used that to impart his desire into their life. And, and now today, in an excited way, we're, we're thinking in terms of the church, but I think in terms of the future of my grandkids, our grandchildren growing up in church and the impact that that will have on their life. 
Like I want my grandchildren to grow up in church. I want them to be in kids ministry and I want Miss Nicole to tell them how much God loves them and I want them to learn how to pray. All the church is so beautiful. When I think about our gathering together, I think about you. I think about you know, your children and the fact that in church they grow up to become world changers and I want that for your children and I want their destiny to be shaped by God. I think about new believers and their names being written into the Lamb's book of life. That's the power of the church. I also, though, think about those that don't gather and the destructive forces that come against their life and they don't have a church to lean on. They don't have people to lift and help and encourage and build in their life. And so today I want to ask you to consider what your next step is about what I've talked about today. Maybe for some of you, you need to begin a relationship. You need to acknowledge the sin in your life and, and turn to Jesus for salvation. For some of you, maybe... You need to acknowledge that, that there has been a less than good habit when it comes to church. And, and maybe today the Lord is speaking to you about that. Altogether, I think we can commit to be more intentional about making church a priority and being together in church as often as possible. And so I want to pray for you and me and all of us. I want to make a fresh commitment. I, I want... I want to honor God with my life. This message is for you, it's for me. So would you bow your heads with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that, that you've taught us today about church and the importance of church, the significance of church. And Lord, I, I pray that all of us would take this moment and, and consider what you would want for our life. And Lord, would you speak to your people about their commitment and what that looks like in their life, God. And so, Lord, same for me. And, Lord, we commit to you. We love you, Lord. And with every head bowed, if there are people here that have never begun a relationship with Jesus, I want you to know that God loves you. He cares about you. We also know that we've all fallen. We've all missed it. We've all messed up. We've all sinned. The Bible teaches that Jesus, he paid the price for our sins. He did it for us. And that's how we're saved. He forgives us. He forgives our sins. He gives us a new life. He gives us a new way to the Father through him. And if you're here today and you've never prayed a prayer that leads you to a moment of salvation, I want to lead you in that prayer today. I'm going to invite all of us to say this out loud, but if this is your first time, this is so important in your life. Let's say this together. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. I repent of my sin. I turn to Jesus for forgiveness. I thank you that I'm saved. I have eternal life. Now would you fill me with your spirit so that I may live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen, church.